When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As the Nationals are struck away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got him. That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to episode number 97 of the DC Crossover. That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. We are here on the contender. You might be hearing us on the app as we speak. If you're not, look, we, we like you listening on the podcast platforms and all of that. That's all well and good. But the best place to go is a contender. Contender.com. Uh, excuse me. Contender app. Contender with K. You can also go to the contender.com if you like. But go get the app. It's free. It's easy. You can hear our show as well as some of the others like Windy City Breeze and our guy, Joe Z. Uh, you can follow the show at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16 for Michael, who I welcome in on this Monday. Uh, crazy weekend of football. I got to think this was one of the wildest divisional weeks ever because yeah, you had, yeah. what, two overtime games and a couple game-winning field goals, or was it just one OT game? I thought – what? Uh, well, no, they had – with the, the stat that they kept saying – it wasn't really a stat, but what they kept saying is, oh, every single away team is kicking a field goal to win it. Um, because that's what it was. It, it was one OT game, yeah. but there were three game-winning field goals. The, three yeah, of the four the games had team, game-winning yeah. field goals. Yeah. yeah, it was just crazy. It was just a wild, a wild weekend of sport. I mean, football fans, uh, you don't have it better than that. Back-to-back days of like crazy games. I mean, I know that's what you expect for playoffs. It's like, all right, these are the best of the best. But we know we don't get that every year. You don't always get uh, crazy good games. But to have four, I mean, you could put all four of these games up there as good games for the weekend. You got to love that, Mike. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals game was down to the wire. I mean, the Titans just really s the bed. I mean, that was embarrassing, to be honest with you. I mean, number one seed overall, you get Derrick Henry back. You have A.J. Brown and, and Julio Jones supposedly healthy, uh, and they, they look pretty decent. And all of a sudden, you go out there, and Ryan Tannehill can't stop throwing to the other team. 
and uh, he gets three picks. Yep. The number one seed goes down in the AFC. And then you have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and they just couldn't stop not kicking it to the other team in blocked punts and kickoffs, or excuse me, field Insane. goals. It's un- unbelievable. So that's number two, two number one seeds going down at once. And that just really screwed me over. So real quick, the, uh, the funny thing about this weekend is that so last weekend, uh, a buddy of mine, he do, uses the Barstool app because he's a stoolie or whatever. He loves Barstool. And he puts in this uh, $10 bet. And the boost is basically if you get all six picks on Wild Card Weekend, all spreads, you win, right. obviously, the money, which at, at that time was 500 bucks. So he won 500 bucks, And uh, you also get $1,000 in sportsbook credits for 30 days. Uh, right, right. So I told you that before, but I'm just letting the audience know that. So... The funny thing is that I told him literally that the the chances of that six team parlay really hitting, I mean, it's like three percent. Like literally, it's three percent. So, <laughs> right, right, you know, it's, it's it's like the the little giants, like uh, you know, one time, one time, you know, they, they keep saying that, and, the, and then they keep smacking their yeah. helmets in the locker room, all that stupid stuff. Anyway, so um, uh, that's your kids at gym class, right? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I started laughing because you know we were like, all right, well. Let's focus on, uh, you know, every single weekend uh, and just put in like 350 or something like that, 300, 350 for every single weekend and put some parlays in there and put four or five in there and somehow see if we can put, you know, like I said, like 50 bucks on each parlay and see if somehow we can cash in and try to make it into two grand or something like that. Um, right. And of course, uh, on Saturday, all my bets had uh, either Green Bay or Tennessee in them, uh, and because uh, I thought the Packers were going to blow them out, obviously that didn't happen. Um, so Saturday was a bust, and then yesterday, literally, we would have had two parlays cash in for almost nine hundred bucks, and and it ended up screwing me over because the Rams did not run the ball. Why aren't you running the ball? No. You're up se- seven, or well, not seven, he said 14 points or whatever it was with like right. seven minutes left. And you're trying, you, you threw three passes. Like, what are you doing? What yep. are you doing? Have you not seen the super, super- Got the gunslinger, Matty Steph? Well, I understand, you know, cause I love Matt Steph and stuff like that. <laughs> but the problem is like Sean McVay, dude, like you saw Kyle Shanahan do that in the Super Bowl, and look what happened to him. He had, the right, Falcons right. ended up losing a 27 to three, all that kind of stuff. Everyone knows that story. But that's the problem is like, man, I had under 50 for two parlays because I swore the Rams defense and the Bucks defense were going to keep it lower scoring. And if both of those hit, then all of a sudden we would have cashed in a bunch of money. Not to mention last night's game, we did a same game parlay and I had five bets in there. And all of a sudden, every single bet hit except Patrick Mahomes, who is now apparently Usain <laughs> Bolt. And he literally ran for 45 yards on the first drive. And I had the uh, I right. had the under for his, and he oh, <laughs> no. the first drive and lose. I'm like, I literally was like, I can't catch a break this weekend. Unbelievable. The chronicles of Mike's betting is some of my favorite things because it seems like I never hear a lot of win <laughs> stories, like of you being like, "Hey, man, this ten team parlay just hit. This was great. Yeah. I'm in the rolling in the dough." I, it's always I just missed it by one. If, if only so-and-so. And you you have an enemy list at this point, I feel like. All the athletes that have ruined your parlays. Yeah. I think you need to start making a list of the athletes and teams that have screwed. Because I remember college football season, there was a couple teams that screwed you over multiple times throughout the <laughs> season. Northern Illinois. Like. Northern, <laughs> yeah, Northern <laughs> they Illinois. Screwed you over That's an enemy. Three times. Twice in the you regular season and the bowl, bowl game. You need a book. You need a black book. 
And, and you got to write the names down of the athletes or the players, or the, sorry, the athletes or the teams that screw over your bets and be like, they're the athletes. They're, they're, they're screwing see, you that's up. the thing is like, I get pumped if I win. And I have won, you know, you know in the past, stuff like sure, that. And I've, and I've sure, won, sure. you know, I'm, overall, I would say I'm plus money uh, in my lifetime uh, by, right. by a decent amount, at least a few hundred dollars. But the problem is, is that the, the ones that kill you are the ones that are like, Oh man, this guy, you know, he's like an NBA. When I do a prop bet, oh, this guy, man, Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier, like what, two weeks ago against the Wiz, he didn't score like 60 points, something like that. And then one night I needed him to make two three pointers and he went 0 for 10. I'm like, what is happening? Like, come on. So it's like, those are the ones that have to like just let out my frustrations the most. So that's why you hear about those the most than the wins. But oh man, that's just, oh, I think any, any sports better can relate. I think any sports Mm -hmm. better can relate. It happens. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I, I lost both of my bets last night too. I was like, I hadn't bet for a while. I put in my money immediately, like lost it all. Right. So it's like, all right, there we go. Well, I did, the, I, I did uh, the bets with my buddy, but, uh, but then I all of a sudden I said, you know, once, uh, uh, Pat Mahomes ended up running for 45 yards, like a track star, apparently. Right. Then I ended up saying, screw this. You know, I put my own money in instead of my buddy's stuff. Cause he, uh, you know, he won't let me have his account number so I can put the bets in. And I'm always worried cause he's, he's a noob when it comes to betting, but literally, literally <laughs> I put 15 bucks on the bills money line. And I was like, all right, it's two to one. Cause at that time it was like plus one Oh five or plus one ten or something like that. I was like, man, yep. I'm feeling good. Okay. You know, 13 seconds left. And then the, for some reason, Two passes later, they end up tying the game somehow. With Thirteen. I had the Bills seconds. last night as well. I had the Bills, and then I didn't want to pick against Matty Stafford. He's my guy, but I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go Bucks for this game. And so, of course, both the teams I picked lost. Yeah. So it was great, yeah. great night, great night. But we got a lot uh, to get to on this episode because uh, Mike and I have an important meeting after this episode. We're talking to the people from. The contender, and we're talking about uh, the big plans for this year and updates and all that good stuff. So hopefully, if there's any uh, things of note, we'll share, of course, with you guys, the listeners. But let's move into the rewind, the segment where we just kind of recap what happened in the previous week in sports. You're busy, people. You may have missed a thing or two. That's why we are here to recap it for you. Nothing in the Washington football team realm, obviously, for a couple weeks. But let's head into the Washington Capitals, Mike, because... They seem to have a somewhat better week this week. Yeah, this week they, they definitely had a better week overall. I mean, 23-10-9 overall, fourth in the Metro. And honestly, you know, they're kind of up and down right now. I would say overall, you know, after their hot start, you know, they kind of had a couple skids here and there. But right now they're just trying to get their feet back from under them. I think a lot of guys are trying to come back from, you know, COVID and, you know, little nicks and crannies of uh, – injuries and stuff like that but on tuesday they beat winnipeg 4-3 in overtime good w for them in overtime ob scores his 27th goal of the season tom wilson hits the ot game winner and the caps first three on three ot win this season which is nice because we don't want to go to over uh, don't, don't want to go to a shootout we never like shootouts apparently <laughs> yeah. in dc uh the caps were down two nothing with less than three minutes in the game vanacek finished with 30 saves on 33 shots after allowing two goals on the first four shots on net on thursday Tough loss to the Bruins. It was tied for a lot of the game, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, overall, tough loss to the Bruins. So the Bruins are pretty healthy for the most part from what I've been seeing. Yeah. Uh, Charlie McAvoy sc- scores a power play goal with 46 seconds left to give Boston the win. Uh, Kuznetsov, Eller, and Backstrom all score for the Caps. 
But the Caps only had 17 shots on goal. And, you know, we've said that for hard to win with that. We've said that many, many times over the playoff years and stuff like that, where everyone's like, just put the shots on net, just keep shooting, just keep shooting. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but 17 shots and you get three goals, not too bad. But we did lose to Boston 4 to 3 on Thursday. And they moved on to Saturday. They beat Ottawa in overtime. So some long games this week 3 to 2. Ovi scores his 28th and 29th goals of the season. Backstrom with a crazy overtime winner. It like deflected off of the defender yeah. and then somehow he got it. <laughs> it was and then it was like slow motion while he was just gliding in there. And imagine <laughs> being the goalie in that situation where he's, he's oh, just yeah. like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> but um, they were down 2 nothing heading into the third period, and Ovechkin scores two in the third to basically send the game to overtime, and Nick Backstrom, finally back, uh, no pun intended, ends up getting the OT winner. So the Caps are 2-1-0 and on the week, and over on the Wizards' side, not the same. No, pretty bad week. <laughs> and, of course, this was the week where I watched – every single game this week and just was watching losses <laughs> all week long except for they did get the the philly win on monday but we did our show monday evening so obviously we're not talking about that game uh so the Wiz right now they were above 500 now they're below they're 23 and 24 now fall down to 10th in the eastern conference wednesday watched this one with my cousins who are big nba heads uh we hopped on a zoom watched the game all together and uh, the Wiz lose, 119-118, because my cousin's from Brooklyn. He's a Nets fan. And uh, Kuzma and Dinwiddie both missed shots at the buzzer. Great look from Kuzma. Dinwiddie's went right off the rim. Real tough one there. But they did come back. If you watched this game and turned it off after three quarters, I wouldn't have blamed you because they were down like 15, 16 points. They came back and made it close. Uh, then there was also a weird play in this one that went around where the Brooklyn bench actually deflected a pass. They'd stuck out their hand and deflected a pass and the refs missed it. <laughs> and it did end up coming into a turnover for the Wizards and no no ref saw the, the bench coach or whatever for Brooklyn touched the ball before it got to Kuzma. Insane play, insane miss, and the refs all denied it after the game, too. Like, we didn't see anything. It's like, what are we doing okay. here? Friday, <laughs> loss to the Raptors, 109-105. Bad loss here. Um, we're getting blown out for a lot of the game. Uh, the Raptors actually blew an 18-point fourth-quarter lead and still hung out one. Uh, Fred Van Vliet uh, hit a tie-breaking three with about a minute to go in this one. Beal, 25 points, decent night, but nine turnovers from Beal. That's it. Just him. Nine turnovers on the game. Pretty bad there. And then just a fun note, uh, Watanabe uh, on the Raptors and Rui for the Wiz were on the floor at the same time. Second time in NBA history that two Japanese players faced each other. Uh, and then Sunday, this was a disaster. 116-87 just got blown out by Boston. Jason Tatum scores 51 points. Uh, this was the third loss in a row for the Wiz, and like I said, they fall under 500. And then one quick note on the Nats. Uh, Mike and I were talking about this during the week a little bit, uh, just when the news broke. Uh, Kevin Franzen taking over co color commentary duties on Mass and taking over for FP Santangelo. If you're not familiar with Franzen, nine years in the bigs, including that 2014 season he played with the Nats. It was one of those names where I was like, I feel like I've heard that name yeah, before. Same, I couldn't same. fully recall. Um, but I went back and watched some highlights and stuff. It's like, okay, yeah. I, I remember a little bit. I mean, he wasn't. He didn't make a giant impression or anything. If you put him on a trivia card, Mike, I wouldn't have gotten the answer. Uh, but he has been doing some radio stuff for the Phillies the last four seasons, apparently. So he is familiar with the NL East, of course, and he's familiar with the Nats. Um, so... 
For us as Nats fans and, and folks that are watching on TV, we're happy that FP Santangelo is no longer <laughs> on the airwaves. I mean, that's a guy that you and I have been on this very show have been talked about uh, talked about how he's just not very good and just too phony and too weirdly upbeat at times where you shouldn't be upbeat. So I'm interested to see how Kevin Franzen does and how he clicks with Bob and and how the broadcast goes from now on. But hey, Mike, we at least we got a new guy in that chair. <laughs> I mean, literally, we. Uh, we gave FP so much crap for over the years. Oh, I yeah. mean, and some some of it I would say maybe not warranted, but a lot of it, uh, you know, deservedly so. Um, right. It, it it was just the thing about it is is that for us that have been behind the mics, you know, on the floors of basketball courts, on the baseball diamonds, in the press boxes for football games, you know, we did it for you know eight, nine, ten years or so. We know how hard it is to do it. Um, but we know exactly over the first few years of us doing it, what you shouldn't do. And a lot of what he did, which was talking down to fans, listening to the game, right? you know, uh, trying to tell you how the game is progressing. Uh, not like a guy like, you know, Greg Olson or Tony Romo or any of those type of guys that are sitting there telling you Chris Collinsworth, um, all those type of guys that are sitting there telling you how the game's going. And even football is a little bit more complex because there's so many things going on at once. I just think that when you see a guy like FP in the, in the booth sitting there and talking to guys like us, you know, and I'm not saying he's trying to minimize, you know, what we know. Uh, but what I'm saying is like, even people like, you know, uh, like, a, like someone's parent, that's not a baseball fan. that was just watching like casually or something like that. He, he didn't really explain the game. He was just talking to you like you're like a second grader and he's trying to teach you addition. Yeah, yeah. Like it just doesn't make any sense because he would just sit there and, and act like, oh, I'm, you know, this hot shot guy that played in the majors for years and years and years. And, you know, I know more than you. And maybe he does. But at the same time, we need someone in there, you know, that's, I would say, in the middle of Rob Dibble and F.P. Santangelo. Kevin Franzen, is he that guy? I don't know. We'll see. But... I mean, yeah, no I love Rob Dibble at the time because he was just like a no holds bar. Like, I'm going to tell you how it is. But obviously, that's not really what you want in the booth. <laughs> yeah, today's climate, it doesn't really work. Yeah, that so way. Yeah. overall, we'll see how he does. But, but you're yeah. right, somewhere in the middle. Because, yeah, FP at times was overly – because what you want is you want somebody to, to, to kind of, like you said, kind of tell you what it is. But maybe not necessarily overdo it, but not – the problem with FP at times was when things were going really bad for the Nats, FP Santangelo – was sunshine and rainbows. Like, he wouldn't criticize the team. He wouldn't criticize any of the players, the organization. He would never, ever be real. And that was a problem as fans because we're like, hey, we're frustrated. We're feeling, you know, frustrated by what's going on or there's a losing streak or whatever. Like, we want to hear some of that perspective. And it was like we never got it. It would always be like, all right, yeah, we're down 15 nothing, but, <laughs> hey, look, that was a great pitch from uh, our outfielder who's now on the mound or whatever. It's like, all right, we, we just want some realness with it. Um, or, and like or, you said, or, or too, him saying him saying there when he just going along with that saying like yeah. oh yeah you know this team is you know is twelve games back in the standings but you know they won a World Series once so they can come back like right like, the amount what? of <laughs> times that this team that those especially those broadcasters reference 2019's World Series. Uh, especially last year as we started to tank because now we're rebuilding and all that stuff and we you know sold off everybody. So much 2019 talk 
uh, for this organization, especially bef- pre-tank when we were like still doing bad. They were like, hey, remember 2019? We turned it around, <laughs> 19 and 31 or whatever. And it was like, all right, that's not likely going to happen again. Let's get real here. Let's like just be be real. And that was the problem with them. And Bob is one of those guys I feel like he just kind of goes along for the ride. Like he'll he'll go off of whatever the the color guy's personality right, is. Right. Like when Dibble was on the air, Bob uh, would kind of just let him do his thing and whatever and with FP and all that stuff. So I'm interested to see it. I don't know. I, I can just tell you, I know nothing about Kevin Franson as a broadcaster, um, so I can't give you tons of analysis there or anything. Yeah. But I'm interested I'm interested to see how it works. I mean, last year, once FP was off the air for a bit because of whatever the heck those <laughs> allegations were, it was like you had this mix of Maxwell and uh, I can't remember if they put Michael Morse on the broadcast. They have before. I think they did, yeah. Um, but I thought that was I yeah. thought that was when FP was still, like I guess, active and it was like an away game or something. Something like that, and there was, but there was like a little rotation of guys because then even Grant Paulson was on at one point too. I think he was doing. Yeah, he did color commentary. I mean, it was wild. Last season was crazy. Yeah. I feel like last season we had more of a shuffle with broadcasters than I've ever seen before for a season. And, and you know what the funny, you know? you know what the funny thing is too, as well uh, with the 2019 season, whenever he came up on the podium or whatever during the parade, everyone yeah. was like, "Boo!" <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's funny because people. I mean, you talk to the fan base and you look on Twitter and things like that. Like, there's a pretty decent contingent of people that did not like F.E. Santangelo on the broadcast. Yeah. Like we're, It's not just you and me saying this. Like There's a decent amount of people that didn't like him. So, you know, well, who knows what well, else he'll and, be on to. I, he's got those Giants connections and stuff, so maybe he'll end up doing a Giants thing. I don't well, know. And also, uh, going along with 2019, when he was like, yeah, I'm a championship broadcaster. It's like, bro, you're rated 31st in the major yeah. league like for the last yeah. four years, dude. Come on. Exactly. Now. When Awful Announcing does their... Uh, broadcaster ratings or rankings every year it's like the Nats crew is always down towards the bottom so I think this could be a good sign as far as if Kevin Franson from what I've read and what I've heard I have talked to a couple people um like that just kind of know this stuff a little bit better than I do and from what I've heard he seems like a likable guy like he's he has he he is pretty funny apparently and like you know obviously he's knowledgeable he's played nine years in the big so i'm hoping i'm going in positive like i'm totally going to give him a shot um and see what happens but my guess is this is the start of the transition of franzen and then possibly a new a new play-by-play guy at some point i think i think i heard on twitter bob has two years left on his contract so i think he's got this season and next season so uh we'll see what happens after that that's the only news on the uh, baseball side of things if you if you will but real quick i wanted to touch on this Just with the uh, Washington football team, of course, we've been talking about a little bit. Uh, So the name announcement, of course, as you all know at this point, coming up here, we're T-minus, what, a couple weeks left? Um, If that, I guess it will be next week. Yeah, it'll be next Wednesday. So we're almost a week away from the new announcement, uh, the new name. Uh, And I just wanted to briefly talk about this. We don't have to sit here and talk about it too long. But um, if you had your preference, if you had your preference, you know, knowing that Red Wolves will not be the name, yep. where where do you lean towards some of the names that are finished? That are like they, they've like circled like four or five is like these are the possible candidates. Where where is your mind at? If you if you were Jason, I forget his last name, and you, and he, you're the president of the Redskins uh, or <laughs> the Redskins or the Washington Football Team, soon to be new name. Um, what what would you uh, what name would you put on the uniform? Well, I've seen a lot of buzz over the last two weeks, and uh, you know they had a lot of things that they said they were leaked, and oh, the Washington Commanders was you know dot. So hard to trust those. 
those leaks, yeah. man. Washington.com or WashingtonCommanders.com was, you know, directing it back to, you know, WFT's website and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know if I trust that, man. I mean, I don't trust any of it now. I like I and I fell for it a little bit, but now it's at this point it's like Photoshop, people are so good at graphic design and Photoshop, they can do anything to look like anything. These yeah, days. and that's the thing is that the URL, like I understand, like, oh, it's 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 coming back to this, you know, but they're not gonna have that. Everyone you know people are gonna look at that. It makes no sense. So yeah. I think you know, yeah. you can buy a website and do different things like Anybody that. Anybody can. You know, and yeah. and that's the, the the bottom line here is that, you know, I think they botched it a little bit because, you know, there's ways to get around those trademark issues and red wolves was basically the name that everyone was like all right you know i'm on board let, let, let's rock and roll yeah, let, let, it's pretty badass you still have red in the name like there was some yeah there was some interest and, there for and sure. it just it just fell flat and you know they were like oh well in the video they were like oh it's there's some you know a lot of loss lawsuit things or whatever the heck they said uh the video let's be honest one of the dumbest things I've yeah ever it, <laughs> yeah they're like showing doug williams you know he's like man i want to go with suit up again like it's like i <laughs> I don't, no, we don't care. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, because he's going to, I mean, Doug Williams, what do you think? What are you going to say? Man, this sucks. You know, yeah. Like, well, <laughs> nobody's going to be on the camera questioning the decision. Yeah. Like, no one's going to do that. And then they had the. Pe- uh, I'd be interested to hear honesty from the players when right. they announce. I mean, I'm sure the players already know at this point. Um, well, they said, they, they said like, only, I think, John Allen and Terry McLaurin know. Supposedly, interesting. They're the only one. They, they said they're the only ones they showed it to because obviously they. But I mean, they gotta leak it to their buds. Though. Oh yeah, yeah, they're buds. Man. But that's <laughs> they're buds. Um, but yeah. that's the thing. Send it around to the buds. And you, you saw them have the p- person that unblurred the piece of paper that was on uh, Jason Wright's uh, yeah. like chair yeah. or something. Jason Wright, that's his yeah. last name, yeah. on his chair or something like that. And I'm like, that that, that logo <laughs> looks so trashy. I that, that, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So and I think someone must unblurred it and like built this trashy logo because it was it said right. it said the Washington D.C commander's football club was like the like the full i was like Ugh. that's a i mean gee that's a mouthful right there yeah but you can't do if, that if i had to choose a name you know what i'm leaning towards because obviously red wolves out there it's out of my mind now i really am thinking about doing the the hogs and doing the the, yeah. the warthogs because they're trying to go back to military ties and like that the warthog is a is a tank bombing plane and all that kind of stuff so it's it's in there and you know honestly if you could do commanders and i told you this before commanders admirals all that kind of stuff you got to change the color scheme you can't have a uh you say say oh yeah we're the admirals and we have you know burgundy and gold as our colors yeah it doesn't make sense yeah you gotta look like yeah. you gotta make sure that you look like you know like i think you had to do like a sh- like a naval sh- naval ship gray and like a, maybe a navy blue and a black or something like that something crazy cool but it's like you can't have burgundy and gold so if you have to it's always weird when the teams change the name because like i feel like everybody just tries to keep the same colors because uh cleveland did the same thing the the uh the what are they now they're the not the monuments they're like the the guardians the guardians like they Uh, still have like they still have like red and blue in their logo still and you're like what i mean well well, they said they said there was already a they said there already is a cleveland guardians too <laughs> so they, so they, so they, they said they did it and they didn't they didn't really look into it, which is kind of funny. But <laughs> I mean, I just think that you have to, I think Warthogs is nice because I think sure. I think it's going to have the least blowback. And I think if you're going to try to stick to tradition, you know, you have the hogs and everyone says run the, run the damn ball, you know, the hogs, you know, uh-huh, you know, and, and, and you can have people snorting in the and not 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 oh yeah, that'd be great. not that way, uh, honking or, or or whatever they call it, <laughs> snorting. Yeah, everybody in the stands just <laughs> yeah, you're just doing that yeah, every stand, third right? down, every third down. That could work. That could work. Yeah, I think the hogs definitely has it works on a couple different levels. And I think 
You'd probably have the least amount of blowback with the hogs, I think. Uh, warthogs, whatever. I think uh, people, fans, could go for that. Um, I mean, I, I don't have a better option because, like, I don't love the commanders. I don't love the admirals or, you know, all that other stuff. My big thing was the Red Wolves. I was like, man, yeah. that would be awesome. You do the – this is, you know uh, – this is the you know the dog pound i'm uh, not necessarily dog pound but you know you do that sort of thing uh for the fa- for the stadium and i don't know there's so many different things you could do with that i just i uh, dc i think struggles to pick anything that is our identity that is not just like the monuments yeah. and the yeah. military so, yeah, yeah, like yeah. There's so much more to D.C. and the surrounding area than just... And those are important things, obviously. I'm not saying the military is not important. We love the military. But, like, to make that be associated with the city anytime these teams have to be named... Uh, it's, but it's only been the last while because when the basketball team was going to be named, uh, they're the wizards. The magicians. So the magicians. Like <laughs> the magicians. Uh, so at some point, that changed. I don't know if it was like post 9-11 or I don't know what it was, but like something changed where the where any DCT team for the future was like we have to be the 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 army we have to be the commanders we have to be this or this like they can't be anything other than those things for some yeah. reason i don't get and, it. and that's the weird thing too is when it goes along with names is like it has to deal with the city or something like that i don't think you know bangles are in cincinnati you know it's like right, like, right, I don't, I don't right. like lions yeah, it, doesn't have to. it can be it can be anything it could be anything that's cool like you just want it to be cool for the fans that, that they can get behind and get into it if you're going to change the name change the name yeah like make it do something interesting with like it if they, but, if they did warthogs yeah. then they could obviously you know i mean look at the arkansas razorbacks Ra- yeah. razorbacks is kind of kind of cool and you could do a you could do some cool graphic logo where you have some freaking Pumba out there like going nuts you know on, yeah. on roids or something i don't know do something no, crazy it would be cool <laughs> I, i'd be down with that i'd be down with that so yeah i'm, I'm with you on that I, I don't have a better option of the ones that i've heard so yeah, yeah i'm, I'm with four <laughs> as well but we'll see it'll be so we'll have one more show before the name announcement but maybe we'll do something special like a I don't know the heck they may even have us hop on the contender. We'll see. Download the app in case uh, in case we do. Uh, let's move on to a little bit of hockey. The Washington Capitals. It's crazy. This is one of the rare shows where we're touching every single sport with 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 some topics today. We try. Obviously, the point of the show is to touch on different things, but especially for a couple of them being in the off season, it's interesting that we're, we've touched on some Nat stuff. We got some football stuff, and then for the Caps, I just wanted to briefly. This was a thought that I had the other day because um, I saw it on Twitter from somebody I forget who, but and I was thinking about this is with and and what got me thinking is we're seeing the production that Alexander Ovechkin brings to the caps. I mean, just look at this season where he's playing out of his mind. He's, he's like tied with the goal leaders or whatever. And he's the, the amount of production that he's doing and his, his age is obviously extremely impressive, but even if it wasn't his age, just in general, as a player, he's contributing so much and carrying so much load for this team that one of the things it already got me thinking that, where if he leave if he retires he he will he's not going to leave and go play somewhere else when he retires right. which whenever that could be and, and and obviously this is something caps fans think about they think about how the old guard is going to be retiring and things like that but this again if he leaves you're leaving a ton of scoring uh and and contributions and enforcement and things like that gone I'm just wondering if if when he leaves, will the Caps, who were a perennial, hey, we're in the mix in the Metro and all that sort of stuff, do you think that this team will just suddenly drop down to, like, 
where the Red Wings are and things like that. Not in the same trajectory because one team's kind of would be going up and one down, but like somewhere in that bottom of the we're just lucky to make the wild card type of uh, teams just just from one guy, the, one of the most important and one of the best hockey players of all time. When he leaves your team, I feel like that's going to cause a lot of damage. It's obviously going to cause a lot of damage. I mean, you look at certain teams like, for instance, go to football and you look at when Peyton Manning was off the Colts. Now, we're talking about Peyton Manning, I think, is kind of on the same level as Alex Ovechkin. Now, Wayne Gretzky, you know, you could probably say he's the best of all time, uh, but Alex Ovechkin is easily top five. And easily. when I when I look at Peyton Manning, I still believe uh, in my own argument that he is the best of all time uh, at his craft. And you saw it because when he was off the team because of his neck injury, they ended up tanking so bad where they ended up getting Andrew Luck the number one overall pick the very next year so you look at it and say and that's the sport where they have 10 other guys on offense in the quarterback right. and they have 11 different guys on defense like that I mean hockey yeah you could say all right well only you know that's just one guy but I do think I agree with you I think the impact is just as big yeah and and also when you're looking at hockey to go along with what you just said hockey's different because when you're on the field for football Peyton, out, Peyton was out there for every single play on offense. Now, he wasn't playing defense, but you look at hockey, hockey's a little bit different because usually a guy like Ovi is playing only about a third of the game because he has 20 right. minutes ice time. But the impact, as you said, that he has when he is on the ice is totally different than when you see um, some of these other teams like who have, I would say, great players. Like I think the Bruins, do, I don't think the Bruins have a superstar, but I think they have great players. Uh, around sure. them, around the ice, uh, you know Taylor Hall, Brad Marchand, stuff like that. No matter how much we hate Brad Marchand, I just think you're looking at it and saying that the Caps have that bona fide superstar in Alex Ovechkin still, who is in the top three, might still be leading the points. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Um. But you're looking at it and saying, what is going to happen when you know three years down the road when he's not producing 50 goals and all that kind of stuff? Who knows? But that's the thing is it's all about preparation. So Brian McClellan has to go out there and, and and do something, which he so far I think has started that this year by getting all of our younger draft picks and everything like that, time on the ice and seeing what they can do and seeing what we have for the next two or three years because once Ovi finally starts winding down a little bit, same with Nick Backstrom, uh, I, I think that those Tom Wilson. Yeah. I mean Tom I, know, I think Tom guys. Wilson. He's a little bit younger, yeah. yeah. I mean, they have guys. I mean, they did some some moves with Anthony Mantha even though he hasn't really played that much at all this season. You're just looking at what Brian McClellan's going to do and so far I think that he's starting to realize like, hey, we got to get a move on here folks because if we don't right. start moving on, all of a sudden somehow, you know, father time is actually going to strike and you're going to see Hovi diminish his play a little bit. And I mean, you're seeing it right now. It's like no one sus suspected, uh, or excuse me, expected that his season was going to go the way it's going. And then obviously, I mean, you're seeing him go out there and lead the NF NHL in points. It's unbelievable. And you're looking at <laughs> crazy. I just think that when his production drops off, they got to stay the status quo because they're probably not going to get a number one pick or anything like that. You're not going to go out there and get, um, you know, a, a, a Matthews or, or a, um, an Eichel, I think, was number one overall, too. But he's yeah. not really a superstar. But you know what I mean. Those type of guys, McDavid, stuff like that. You're not really going to go out there and get those type of guys because you're not having a number one pick. Now, are they going to diminish to the point where they're going to tank? I don't think so. I don't think they're going to get down to the certain points that the Red Wings were at or the Maple Leafs were at before they got Matthews and so on and so forth. I just think that 
their their front office is too good and their culture is too good, uh, you know, and they have they still have young players and like that that can make moves. I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those times where once Ovi starts to diminish his play a little bit and maybe he's on the team when he's you know up there in age and he's only playing maybe 12, 13 minutes, you know, maybe power plays stuff like that. It, it's gonna come down to can the other guys step up and also. Are we really going to have a down season to the point where we don't make the playoffs or, you know, we're, I mean, look at the Islanders. I mean, the Islanders were so, so good in like the seventies and eighties or whatever the heck that they were. And then they, they were so bad for years. And then all of a sudden yeah. they get, um, uh, uh, geez, uh, who's who the coach am I talking about now? Um, our, our trots. Yeah, trots. trots. I was like, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, but then, then, then they all of a sudden they turn things around so quickly and yes, they're kind of bottom of the barrel right now. They're 14 and 14 pretty much, but at the same time, they were so bad for so long and they have, they make one move with a coach and then they make a different scheme and they're, they're getting different players, all that kind of stuff. And they're, they're doing well, obviously this year's a little bit different, but I just think that we're not going to tank because our, like I said, our culture, our, uh, you know, our, our, our players that we have in the system and different things like that are getting some playing time. And we still have Ovian Backstrom to lead this team with Oshi as well to, you know, you know, mentor the young guys. I don't think it's going to diminish to the point where we're going to like tank to the bottom of the NHL standings, but I think we're still going to see the, the, the big you know slap in the face drop off that we don't have that power play threat. We don't have that laser from, from the left dot. We don't have that guy anymore. Uh, but right. as of right now, from what we're seeing this year, I think he's got a couple more years left to there at, at that, at that production. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. And then the only other thing with that is just, I wonder from a marketing perspective for a sport that has trouble, uh, I mean, appealing to, sports fans uh to casual sports fans because you're competing with the nfls the nbas you know to some extent mlb but they also have a marketing problem for the for the caps if you when you lose alexander ovechkin you lose a line to the casual fans because ovechkin is one of the faces of hockey and he is a guy that even casual sports fans who don't even haven't watched a Caps game in years, they know Alexander Ovechkin. Yep. They know that name. It may be the only NHL player they can name. <laughs> and so right, I right. do think I am interested to see what happens from that perspective when Ovechkin does step away. Will the Caps be relevant in the national media scape anymore? Because as much as we know Oshie and Backstrom and things like that, I don't know if the casual sports fan does. And so I'm interested to see when arguably one of the most famous names in hockey steps away, what that does for the sport. Because uh, I don't know what other guy is there waiting in the wings to take over as the face of the NHL, Mike. I, I, I know we know there's some tremendous players in the NHL. You've named some of them just a moment ago, some of the guys who are high draft picks. But when Ovechkin's gone, you go up to a random sports fan and ask him for the, you know, the, the biggest NHL player they know. I don't know if they're going to name anybody. Mike. And that's another big thing that you're looking at is, I mean, look at, for instance, the Chicago Blackhawks. They had Patrick Kane and uh, Jonathan Taze and all these type of guys. And their their team sucks now somehow. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't understand how the Blackhawks went from, like, the cream of the crop in the West. Then all of a sudden, the last, like, three or four years, they're just, like, not yeah. nowhere to be found. I just don't know how that happened. They were supposed to be a contender this year. Yeah, and that's, that's the know? crazy thing is that they're, you know, they're kind of – medium to bottom of the barrel right now in the central, but you're looking at, for instance, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay. I've talked to, so my girlfriend is a Pittsburgh fan 
and I talked to her dad a bunch and I talked to her a bunch because she follows them a lot as well. And the funny thing is like they even talked to us or I should say talk to me, uh, especially her dad. Uh, this is uh, about a month or two ago. We were talking about it and we were talking about how the Penguins, their guys are old. I mean, Chris Letang oh, yeah. is old. Then you have Sidney Crosby's getting up there as well. And so is Evgeny Malkin came and stay on the damn ice. Um, you know, he's been hurt for the last six years, apparently, it feels like. Um, and, yeah. you know, they, they've had, you know, a rotating goalie, you know, string here over the last five, six years since Flurry left to the Vegas Knights. And I just think that you're looking at the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Caps, who were the two, pretty much the two best teams for. A, oh, they had some battles, man. For like a they decade. It was a, it was like a, it was yeah. unbelievable for like a decade. Crosby versus Ovechkin was always like primetime hockey must right. watch. And that's the thing is you're looking at that team as well as once Crosby and Malkin are gone, and then Chris Letang is 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 gone. I mean, those are the cornerstones of their franchise. And yeah. when I was talking to her dad about it, my girlfriend's dad about it, literally, he was like, "You guys at least have some guys in the system. Our system sucks." Like he's <laughs> he's like, "We don't have any young guys." And that's the thing is that's yeah. that's why when you saw Crosby was hurt for a little bit and Malkin was hurt for a little bit and this and that, the first like ten games of the season they were just in shambles because they didn't know what to right. do because they didn't have any players. So it's just like. It's kind of crazy because you're seeing some of these teams that have dominated over the last 10, 12, 13 years or whatever it's been. They're starting to get older, and that's why you that, you saw the same thing with San Jose Sharks. I mean, the San Jose Sharks had three or four guys, Joe Thornton, uh, Patrick uh, Marlowe. I mean, they had a bunch of guys on that team that were the cornerstones. They got old. Same thing with your Red Wings. You had all those mm-hmm. guys. Steve right. Eiserman, you know, Nick, 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 household uh, names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know all the guys, and I don't have to go down memory lane here. But then they tanked once those guys ended up leaving the league because they were getting old and they, they retired. So it's like it's a system that's going to happen. I just think that, honestly, because hockey is a different animal and because your star player can play for longer periods of time because of the wear and tear that really doesn't happen that much. Because, for for instance, yes, they are hitting each other, but they're gliding on the ice. They're not running. and they t- right, they're all, it's different. All that kind of it's stuff. It's, it's different wear and tear. So I think it's kind of funny because I think this area is not going to be – uh, first of all, happy and also not going to be ready for the culture shock that's going to happen no. once Ovi leaves. I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I don't think the league is ready for that because, again, I, I, I challenge <laughs> a hockey fan to tell me who the face of the league is once Ovechkin leaves. I, I, I challenge any hockey fan to tell me that because I'll tell you what, I sure as hell don't know. Because I, I can't think of a single – I mean, I know some of these guys. I can't think of a guy that's going to be, hey, my wife knows that hockey name. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I always use that as a test because uh, my wife doesn't watch any hockey really whatsoever except for playoffs when I have it on the TV. But, um, you know, she knows Ovechkin, of course. Right. So, like, if I ask her, hey, name another hockey player in the league, I, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. <laughs> so, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, last topic here on – The Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards. Just briefly, I wanted to throw some trade rumors out here for us to just give our quick feedback on um, a couple notes. Besides the rough week for the Wiz, uh, the recent rumors in the NBA have revealed that Bradley Beal has uh, has no plans on signing an extension with the Wizards. And other reports have indicated that the Wizards also don't plan on trading. So you have the oper- the possible worst-case scenario of Bradley Beal walking out the door and you getting nothing for him and you don't resign him, which is one of the stupidest things you can do as an organization. You got If the guy already says, I'm not going to come back, you got to get something for him. So I've got three possible trade rumors that I've found, and I want us to just quickly say, you know, 
if, 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 if we're into them, if we you know, wouldn't do them, all that sort of stuff. First one, straight-up deal, Bradley Beal for Ben Simmons. Uh, Are you asking this me? This is an interesting <laughs> one. I, well, I, I, both of us can well, right, obviously ahead, give our ahead, answers yeah. and takes, but this is an interesting one because I've said multiple times how I am not a fan of Ben Simmons' game. Um, but at the same time, you're getting something back for Bradley Beal. You're not going to get the same type of player, very different player, uh, very different skill set. I really wouldn't want him on this team, but if it was our only option, Mike, I feel like Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal, it's like, all right, I guess. I mean, if it's the best option we've got, I feel like we got to take it because we, we just can't have Bradley Beal walking out the door for nothing, and Philly is really trying to figure out this Ben Simmons trade situation. Yeah, I mean, I would advise against it because Ben Simmons is just a, I mean, he's a weirdo, a headache. Yeah, and uh, I, I just, I just advise against it. But I, I mean, at the same time, we're we're getting you know nothing for Beal. So if we can get something, yeah. you know, Simmons, you know, somehow maybe he comes to Washington and then somehow he plays a change of environment. Yeah. I mean, it's worked. It's it works for some guys. I don't know. I don't look, know. You and I don't like Ben Simmons. Look, look, look at look at OBJ. Look at Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. First of all, sure. number one, I will say that he, uh, I think he had a good system there in New York for a little while, uh, but you know, I guess that just didn't work out. And then he went to Cleveland right. and he was playing with his college teammate Jarvis Landry. So I don't know how that was not good for him. But at the same time, you he think, was a diva. Yeah. But then now you're looking at him going to L.A. Now, it's a little bit different. L.A. has one of the top three defenses in the entire NFL, uh, and <laughs> right. and they have Matt Stafford now, not Jared Goff. But you're looking at it and saying, he's over there now, and he's caught like five touchdowns in the last like six games maybe or five games or whatever in the red zone. It's just unbelievable how a different little circumstance can make all the difference, and that's just an example that I say. I mean, yes, like you said, we both don't like Ben Simmons, but somehow <laughs> if he comes here and – Maybe he's like, you know what? I could possibly lead this team. I'll be the guy. I'm not in Joe Embiid's shadow, and you know, I can I can lead these younger guys and different things like that. And then somehow they get up and they get somebody else. Who knows? I don't know, but I would advise yeah. against it. We'll do for these next two. We'll just run through a quick and give a yes. You would do it or no? Bradley Beal and Thomas Bryant for John Collins, Danilo Gallinari. And Atlanta's 2023 first round pick. Yes or no to that? Deal? I would be all in for that. Yeah, I love John Collins. Yeah. I think John Collins. I know, you, I know you're a Collins the, guy. I knew when I made that trade, I was like, all right, Mike's gonna say yes to this. He's a, he's a Collins the, guy, and I am too. I like John Collins. I a mean, lot just, despite his, his his like whatever off off the court issues or whatever it was, the substance abuse or whatever the heck it oh. was. Yeah, I barely even remember. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like I think it might have been. I don't know if it was early this year or late last year or something like that. Right, despite right, despite right. that, he still is a top premier. He's a force you know, forward. So I like. He's him. a force. Now it'd be interesting because part of the idea of trading away Thomas Bryant is because there's so many bigs, and now you bring in another big, John Collins, uh, Gallinari. I think would be more of a like uh, a contract that would eventually you'd be able to get rid of and, and get off the. Well, Collins can stretch uh, the floor and, too. That's a, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, sure. that's one of the differences. He yeah. He's always been able to shoot. And then a 2023 first-round pick is always nice to add another pick in there. Right. So that's an interesting one. The last one was with the Knicks. And this was a monster deal because the Knicks, the only way to make this trade work would be Bradley Beal and Raul Neto for Evan Fournier, Kemba Walker, Obi Toppin, uh, this rookie Grimes. I forget his first name, Rick. but he's okay. His name's Rick. And then, Rick Grimes. Yeah, and then three, <laughs> right, three first-round picks picks 2022 2024 and 2026 this would be a monster exchange here but it's the only way to get the money to work uh for for the knicks um so 
it's interesting. It's interesting. Ha, ha, where'd you Where'd you find that? Uh, just from some, uh, just did some reading, did some research. <laughs> I was like, geez, I was like, I would take that in a heartbeat. I mean, first of all, Neto, uh, he already, he's on my list, my betting list. Oh, um, he's your favorite player. He, he's, he's, a, yeah, he's on my betting list for, for screwing up parlays. Uh, but right. I mean, Evan Fournier, I didn't even set his name uh, a little earlier in the show. I mean, he, yeah. he scored a bunch. Kemba's obviously at the back end of his career. Obi Toppin's a young guy and we get three first round picks as well. I'm all in for that. Yeah. It could be interesting. It could be interesting. I mean, uh, any any way to get Neto out of town, I'm happy. Um, so <laughs> we'll spend some more time on the Wizards next week. But for now, we got to move on. Uh, let's move into just a quick look around the league. We talked about it at the top of the show as far as uh, the NFL roundup. Just going over that real quick. Uh, so Bengals over the Titans, 19-16. Evan McPherson kicked a 52-yarder as time expired. Uh, as you talked about earlier, Tannehill just kept throwing the ball to Cincinnati. Like That's what he kept doing. <laughs> Three picks on the game, including yep. a humongous pick with 20 seconds left in the game. When everything looked like, all right, Titans are going to be able to pull this off, Logan Wilson picks off Tannehill uh, to eventually set up the, the game-winning field goal. And this was a, a fun nugget. Joe Burrow becomes the first QB taken number one overall to win a divisional game within his first two seasons. So as we know, teams get these number one quarterbacks. It's usually not that quick of a turnaround to get it good again. But for Cincy, they did. They got good again oh, yeah. fast. Real quick. And that's the thing about uh, so Cincy, too, is, is that, I, I, I again, I talked to my girlfriend because she's a Pittsburgh fan. I said, hey, good for the Bengals, though. Because I said, I said the Bengals are like the the Washington's Eagles. Like, we don't really care about the Eagles. You know, we don't have a huge right. rivalry with the Eagles. We more so hate the Giants and the Cowboys. But the Bengals are like for our Pittsburgh's, you know, Philly kind of thing. Because they don't really care about them. Obviously, they have had those incidents, you know, in the playoffs with Vontez Burfecht and stuff like that. But you have to, you, <laughs> sure. you have to like them, though, because, I mean, they have Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higg- I mean, they got Tyler Boyd, T. Higg- I mean, they, their whole entire thing, Joe Mixon. I mean, their whole entire offense has been They're on like fire. Them. Yeah. We've been talking about that for, they're, for they're years. Definitely, for I'd, say, I'd say the Bengals are kind of one of the darlings of the league. Um, the other one that uh, uh, the other big darling of the league that lost this weekend was the Bills. We'll get to that in a sec. But 49ers beat the Packers 13-10. Uh, Robbie Gold hits his 45-yarder for the win. Uh, he's made all 20 of his career playoff field goal attempts. Crazy. Um, and also in this one, 49ers scored 10 unanswered points in the final five minutes of this game. But, of course, everyone's favorite activity after that game was dunking on Aaron Rodgers on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> because the guy, I think the guy is fully... I feel like he was already a little unlikable because it was like, all right, Rodgers gets all the calls and all this stuff, and he's just so damn good. Yeah. Uh, and now this season, he's just been even more annoying. And, like, I'm not even talking about, like, the vaccination stuff. Like, I don't even care about that part. But more of just, like, he's got his long hair, and he's always kind of weird with the media and all that stuff. And so I feel like everybody celebrated Aaron Rodgers being not only kicked out of the playoffs, but likely done in Green Bay. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a good narrative to see because they're talking about how Russell Wilson has a possibility of leaving, and then obviously Aaron Rodgers for the last couple of years. So it's honestly going to be fun to watch. Now, Russell yeah. Wilson, do we really think he's going to leave? I don't think so, but it's going to be fun right, to see right. if Aaron Rodgers goes to some team. and a little QB shuffle. Yeah, man. it's going to be the exact same situation as uh, Brady with the Bucks. Same, same, now, you have a new contender. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on another team just – 
blows my mind a little bit. Like that would be, hey, hey come on down to Detroit. <laughs> come, then you can go beat the Packers <laughs> in the division if you want. Uh, I don't really, I don't, I don't really want to. But uh, and then uh, of course the Rams beating the Bucks, the defending champs go down thirty twenty seven. Uh, if if there's one thing, if you watch Matthew Stafford's games in the past, and I sure as hell know not many people did uh, for Detroit because they were so bad. But there were many seasons where you give Matt Stafford a minute or even 40 seconds or a minute and a half or whatever, he's going to march the team down the field and he's going to make it happen. And he did that. Brady left Stafford with 42 seconds to work with, and he was able to march all the way down, and Matt Gay kicks the 30-yard field goals. Time expired. Stafford threw for 366 yards, two touchdowns. I feel like he's finally getting that respect, Mike, that we've been all clamoring for, um, that I think it was one of those things. Well, yeah, he did all that stuff, but he was with the Lions. The Lions suck. And then it's like he's in L.A. now, and there's a little more pressure, but look where they are now, a one step away from the Super Bowl. So shout out to Matt Stafford. Yeah, I love Matt Stafford, and I've told you many, many times that I do. And obviously you like Matt Stafford because he was on the line and stuff like that. But, I mean, I just think that, like you mentioned, Matt Stafford just doesn't get the you know the credit that he deserves because, you know, they were like, oh, well, you know, he had, you know, Megatron, and he had – okay, sweet, he had these guys, but the defense – He had a Detroit Lions offensive <laughs> line. Like, yeah. what are we talking about here? But didn't the Lions not <laughs> have, know? like, a 100-yard rusher for, like, 15, 16 straight weeks? Forever. They had Reggie Bush on the team, <laughs> like, um, and he couldn't do anything. No, it, you're right. The, the, being a great quarterback on a bad team, like – that shouldn't be a negative on you. Right. That's, that's like a that should be a positive. It's like, oh, you were able to deal with that offensive line and actually put up numbers. I mean, yeah, the Megatron thing, okay, sure, but like, there's a lot of good wide receivers in the league. But yeah, good for him, man. I mean, we're happy for him for sure. I'm I'm rooting for the Rams at this point. Same. Rams and Bengals, man. I, I I like them both at this point. Yeah, we'll see. The, we'll uh, see if the Bengals can beat this team though. We're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chiefs and Bills uh, squared off. Uh, overtime game, the only OT game of the weekend. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Bills, I, I think of them sometimes as kind of the darling of the league. I think a lot of fans get behind them because of Bills Mafia and all. And it's literally the only thing about Buffalo that anybody knows is the <laughs> Buffalo Bills at this point. Uh, maybe the Sabres, but uh, the, Sabres yeah. <laughs> uh, the Sabres are terrible. Right. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes finds Travis Kelsey an eight-yard touchdown in OT. Uh, the Chiefs won the coin toss. That's a plain and simple. And the NFL OT rules, you win the coin toss, you march down, score a touchdown. You're, you win the game. Uh, and uh, the other note on this, a big kicker's weekend because uh, Harrison Butker got involved as well because he kicked a 49-yarder as time expired yeah. to force overtime. So you had Gold, McPherson, Matt Gay, and Harrison Butker all just show out, man. The kicker, you got to know uh, Pat McAfee was happy. He loves the kickers when they do well. Um, but, yeah, the Bills lost, man. That's pretty well, wild. Well, Butker actually, I mean, he missed two kicks prior to yeah, that. Yeah, he had missed two kicks. Yeah, an extra point and then a field goal, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was pretty crazy. It's crazy. But, I mean, the OT rules, are, I mean, they, they are, they've always sucked. I mean, let's be honest here. You're looking at yeah. the old, old OT rules, and you're, you're literally looking at those, those ones that said, even if you kick a field goal, in the first drive, you win. So they ended up changing yeah, it. So they were terrible. like, okay, yeah. you know, if you stop them once or whatever, then you get the ball back at least one time. But the problem is with that is like, why? I just don't understand like what the opposition is to going to the college rules. I just, I don't get it. I either. mean, that's so. I don't fun. get it. I, I don't. I've never heard a good argument against that. Yeah, you I mean, know? it's so like, much. It's so, so much enjoyment. Everyone loves it. It's the best. That's reason. That's part of why some people get so into college football. Is hey man, the OT rules are so much fun. 
to watch, and it can set you up with some dramatic back-and-forth sort of stuff. And especially with the NFL and the level of talent we have, imagine those two quarterbacks going back to you know after each other in overtime. I mean, are you kidding me? Mahomes and Josh Allen dealing with a college OT rules? It would be insane. Eight overtime, uh, something like that. <laughs> it would be so much fun. It would be good for the sport. So I don't know. I hope whatever, whenever the next like bargaining agreement or whatever comes up, I really hope that gets on the table. Uh, especially, this is a great evidence of that. Where it's not like that's why the Bills aren't in the next round. Right. I mean, you can't blame it all on that, but it does. It does play a factor. So, um, uh, the forecast for this week: uh, the Caps three games. Uh, they'll be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. First two ones are at home, Monday against Vegas, Wednesday versus San Jose, and then Friday they travel on the road and are at the Stars of Dallas. And then the Wizards, two games this week, Tuesday at home against the Clips, and Saturday they'll head to Memphis, a very good Memphis Grizzlies team. That's a fun one Saturday. Go check out John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's hit up the final lap. A chant. Oh, wrong music. Right? Oh, yeah. I got to hit my final lap music. I, I, I was hitting the trivia music. Trivia. <laughs> there we go. <sighs> it's a Monday. Final lap, 90 seconds. Quick analysis on some big stories in sports. Here we go, Mike. Tom Brady, quiet so far about next season. Says he's just going to take it day by day. Do you expect him to come back to Tampa? I mean, to Tampa Bay? I mean, yeah, to Tampa. I mean, I'm not really sure. I mean, honestly, you're looking at it and saying all this rumors. I didn't hear these rumors, you know, six weeks ago. But you're looking at it and yeah. saying he's got a good team and he was just in a divisional round and almost had a chance to win. Why would he leave? You'd think. You'd think he'd stay. Uh, MLB to incorporate their version of the Manning cast for Sunday Night Baseball. It's going to be featuring our favorite broadcaster, Alexander Rodriguez. That's just. Do you think this will work? I mean, they're just copycatting now. Peyton Manning makes that broadcast what it is because he's hilarious. A-Rod's just a douche. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to work. It only works if the personalities are there. Yeah. And they don't have the personalities. Uh, our friends over at the Windy City Breeze are in an uproar. They want to kill Grayson Allen because <laughs> Grayson Allen, I don't know if you saw this play. Uh, Alex Caruso going for a layup. And, and, and Grayson Allen catches him kind of hard. I mean, it was one of those things where the guy, one guy's up in the air, the other guy kind of gets him in the air, and it was a bad fall for Caruso. He breaks his wrist, and now he's out. Uh, one game suspension for Grayson Allen. But I feel like the hate really comes because of the reputation. Grayson Allen, known for being kind of a dirty player. Yeah, he has been known for dirty, uh, being a dirty player. And it kind of reminds me of Indomit and Sue yesterday, kind of going crazy when Matt Stafford, like, kind of pushed him off with his leg. And he's like, he's kicking me. He's Like, dude, you stomped on a dude's face. <laughs> yeah, you, you got a speaking of history right there. Uh, Vancouver Canucks signed University of British Columbia goalie as a backup because four of their five goalies are out in COVID protocol. So, Mike, they've dipped into the college ranks. Imagine being University of British Columbia, and you have a chance to play for the Vancouver Canucks. Pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, imagine being that guy, and you're just like, oh, I, I guess I got to miss class. You're sitting in your dorm. <laughs> got to miss class. You know, playing Madden on, like, the Xbox get, or whatever, get a, and you get a call. Get a call for the Canucks. Yeah. Oh, oh, hey, I'm playing for the Canucks, eh? Uh, and last but not least, the Chiefs are now the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Mike. I mean, they have to be because when you're looking at the number one seeds going out, you got the Bengals who are number four seed, but they barely uh, barely won, obviously, uh, you know, it's a close game. And then you're obviously looking at the other side of things. The Bucks are out. I think the Rams 
are probably very slightly below them. Uh, but I think the Rams are going to win. I'm going to be rooting for the Rams and the and the Bengals because, like you said, that would be a fun, you know, little sitting situation. Sure. You got Bengals and Rams. When did you ever think you were going to see that this year? I certainly did not. <laughs> uh, let's hit up the uh, trivia ah, machine trivia. here. There we go. As we uh, there's the tri- the right music. <laughs> uh, it's our chance for Mike and I to ask each other some sports trivia questions. Mike asks questions of the DC sports variety. I send over a Detroit sports question. Um, I will go first this time. Uh, Let's see here. Okay. How many times did Nicholas Lindstrom win the Norris Trophy as the NHL's top all-around defenseman? Um, Yeah, that's the question. I'm not going to give you any hints or anything else. So just how many times did he win the Norris Trophy for NHL defenseman? My one question would be Sure, you can ask questions. Well, that's the rules. Yeah, go ahead. And ask. I should ask. I should ask. What's the number? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's the answer? Um, ah, man. What, what what were the years that he played? Like, like, give me an estimated span. You probably don't know the exact ones. Sure, sure. Nicholas Lindstrom played. Oh, you're gonna look it up. All right. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, he played 20 seasons in the NHL. 20. Okay, so that's that, that narrows down the numbers. So I got one to 20. <laughs> Um, yep. Repeat the question last time. <laughs> All right. So it's how many times did Lindstrom win the Norris Trophy as the NHL's top all-around defenseman? I'm going to say th- – I'm just going to throw a number out there because I have zero idea. Just throw a number I'm gonna say, out I'm going to say three. That is incorrect. It is seven. Why, well, seven. why did you look like that? I don't know. I was going <laughs> to say something funny. But, um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Look, I, I had to give you a tough question because I feel like I've given you a lot of easy softballs recently. So I, I went with a tough one. So three was your guess. It was seven. 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 Pretty wild. Um, <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> I'm trying to decide on which question I should say. Uh, by the way, the last like three cards that I, that I went through before I logged on today um, yeah. was uh, <laughs> like everything was like in the 70s. I was like, I oh, ain't yeah. going to get those. Yeah, I know a lot about the 70s. Um, all right. So here we go. It's a Nats question. Okay. In Kevin Francis. <laughs> who's, the, who's the next broadcast? In 2010, what Nats player was caught stealing a national... Okay, let me say it again. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh-huh. In 2010, what Nats player was caught stealing a National League leading 17 times? Oh, jeez. This is a good one. In 2010. Well, there is there is a little clue in the clue, but I, I ended up taking it out. Okay. In okay. 2010, what Nats player was caught stealing a National League leading 17 times? So it's a guy that liked to run, but but would get caught a lot. All right, I have a, I, I can ask a question. I here. believe 17 um, is 17. There you go. Uh, was this a infielder? That's my question. Was this an infielder? No, that's the clue. It says Nats outfielder. <laughs> oh, that was on. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. So that was the part you did not read. Yes. Okay, I was about to say, I was like, did you say that? And I just asked that. <laughs> okay, so it's an outfielder, and they were caught 17 times, and it was 2010. God, who was even on the team in 2010? Um, I'll just throw a guess out there. Is it is it your mom's favorite player, Josh Willingham? <laughs> Josh Willingham? That guy's as slow as a, a, a goat. Well, that's what I'm saying. He got, gets caught 17 times. No. It is incorrect. 
Okay. <laughs> was it like Nuke Logan <laughs> or Niger Morgan? Niger Morgan. Nuke. It was Niger Morgan. Nuke Logan. Oh, you don't remember Nuke? Nuke Logan? He was like 2007. <laughs> so it was it was Niger Morgan? Yeah, it was Niger Morgan. Oh, Niger. I was going to possibly guess Niger. I thought it was too early. Uh, or I thought Niger was earlier than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was okay. like, Josh Willingham, the hammer. Yeah. Well, I thought the hammer. Got, well, you, know, you, know, you only out. had three three outfielders to guess from. And obviously, that was a time when all the players were yeah. switching around and everything. Because obviously, Bryce. Uh, Roger Bernardino, the shark. Ooh, oh, hey, my mom has Roger Bernardino batting gloves from when he hit a game-winning home run. That's pretty dope. Yeah. You should get that authenticated. Uh, so, well, he, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be. A little late now. <laughs> be, Call him up. Not be worth it. Hey, hey, Raj. Raj, were these yours? Shark. Uh, let's hit up the money line. If the glove fits. Bad, there you go. <laughs> Bad week for me. Uh, both my picks did not work out. And good week for you. You were one and one, I believe. What did I have? Uh, you had the, because you had the opposite of what I took. The you Because I had the Titans winning. Right, right, right. I think you had the, bangers, the other yep. way. And then you had, the one you didn't hit was the under 55 for the uh, Bills oh. Chiefs. <laughs> great, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, so you you went one and one. I went zero and two. So you have a two point lead on me as we are steadily approaching episode one hundred, where we will end this round of bets. So you got a nice little two point lead. You won by two last time. So I need I need a good week here. I feel pretty confident. My lock: the Rams three and a half against the Niners. Now, I really wish that was like two and a half sure. instead of three sure. and a half, but. I'm just going to roll with it. That's my lock. Maddie Stafford, you're going to get it done, nine. Uh, and then the dogs, my dog. I'm going to say Bengals, man. I mean, you and I are both high on this team. We like this team. I know the Chiefs are playing out of their minds right now. I know they're hot, but I'm I'm a Bengals guy right now, Mike. I'm a Jamar Chase guy. I'm a Joe Mixon guy. Yeah. I'm a Joe Burrow guy. Bengals. At least gonna cover the seven points. I, I honestly, I mean, you picked your picks in, or you picked your you picked. I picked them early so I could yeah, get the best one. You put, for you sure. put your picks in, not picked your picks. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I was gonna take the Rams as well, but obviously, I'm not gonna do the same as you. Um, but yeah, I, I I just don't see how it's three and a half. The Rams just dominated the Bucks all day. Yeah, all day. I just don't get that. I mean, in the, in the Niners, they had to have two block kicks to win. So right, I mean, right, right. I don't know how it's only three and a half. But anyways, I, I like that pick. Bengals, I see possibly a backdoor cover here. They could obviously get a backdoor cover because the Chiefs are probably going to be up um, uh, just estimating what they just did uh, with the Bills. But you're looking at the Bengals. The Bengals have a good offense. I'm just a little worried about their defense to see if they can keep up with the Chiefs. But with Tyron Matthew being in concussion protocol, we'll see if Joe Burrow says, hey, I got three, not premier, but Jamar Chase's, but I got three really good receivers and I got uh, Uzama and all that kind of all that kind of jazz. Uh, he's, he gets like two two you know catches a damn game, but possible times for the touchdowns. So I think it might be a good a good opportunity to get a backdoor cover, and hopefully the Bengals somehow win. That'd be awesome. Uh, my lock, uh, I, I didn't go with spreads or anything today, uh, but my lock is under forty six and a half for the Rams Niners. I think the Niners are going to try to run the ball because that's their identity. Yeah, we had some low scoring games in the divisional round. Right. So that, I sure. mean that's that's their that's their mo is a running game. I think the Rams are going to try to throw the ball around, and I think they're going to get up to a lead, and Sean McVay is not going to say, all right, I- I'm going to try to keep throwing it like he tried to do against yeah. Tom Brady, <laughs> uh, even though Jimmy G is not Tom Brady. But under 46.5 for that one, that will be a close game. I think that 
is going to probably come down to maybe 27, 20 or something like that. Even though that wouldn't actually, that would uh, screw me. Um, but <laughs> right, right. I hope it is 27. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dog, I'm going to go with a prop bet here. I saw a prop bet for the conference specials and my dog is Mahomes and Joe Burrow to combine for 600 plus passing yards. That's at okay. plus 150, okay. which I think it has a good shot because I, I think it's got a shot. I mean, definitely. both Burrow and, uh, or excuse me, uh, Mahomes and Josh Allen, I believe, if not, if not mistaken, went over 600 yards. Matt Stafford and Tom Brady did as well. So uh, it has a good shot. It has a good shot. I think it's going to be a shootout, so we'll have to see what happens. But plus 150 for that conference special. I like it. I like it. You're pushing uh, some pretty good bets across there. So Mike's trying to extend his lead a little bit. Um, so we'll see how those go later in the week. That about does it on this Monday evening uh, for episode 97. We're three away here from the big 100. Very excited Trace, to share that Trace. with you guys. Uh, and by <laughs> then, we'll have the new name and all that other stuff going yeah, on. Right. So it'll be pretty fun to to get into that. Uh, as always, follow the show on Twitter at the DC Crossover for the main account and at Cerrone16 for Mike. Uh, download the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. But we do encourage you to download the Contender. That's Contender with a K. Download that app. It's free. You can hear us and other shows and reacting to live news and all that sort of good stuff. So definitely worth downloading um, but besides that, people, some big games this week for the Wiz and for the Caps. And uh, we'll get into it all next week. For Mike Cerrone, I'm Ben Simpson. We'll see you next time. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover.